Hello and welcome to More Than Tracy Turnblad, the podcast about fat representation in entertainment and media. Today I am joined by my co-host Maya as well as Megs for Fun from TikTok, aka Megan Mapes, who is a PhD candidate in public communication, a university instructor, and of course an influencer. And we are going to be discussing and expanding on this video that Megan made and I responded to about the reasons that men cite for being pros of dating fat women. Mm. So we're going to get into that, talk dating, talk porn, all that good stuff. Um, but first, Maya, let's chat. How was your week? Um, my week has actually been pretty decent. Um, my roommate had COVID like two weeks ago. So we've been dealing with that. I did not get COVID. I am telling all the viewers right now, fucking masking works. Like I masked outside of my bedroom and I also have like an air purifier in my bedroom. So that helps as well. But those things worked. I it was stressful for a bit, but like we're both negative now and um, a little bit less stressed out. So that's damn. Yeah, that's amazing. I also didn't get COVID when my roommate got it. Again, masking Ugh. works. And isolating when you aren't feeling well works. Um, I love it. Too bad the the government has zero help in place for either of those things. But For real. Not to get too political, but you know where we stand on that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, I have had a good couple weeks. I just went home for Rosh Hashanah. Yes. Um, to see some old friends. I've been catching up with everybody since I've been back in New York, which is now, this is, I think, my third week back or fourth week. Oh, my God. That's, like, a long time. This, I, I feel like I landed <laughs> yesterday from Europe. Um, yeah. If you guys want to hear more about that trip, I'm going to be talking about each individual show I saw at the Edinburgh Fringe on the Patreon. So make sure to subscribe if you do not already. Um, the prices for the higher tiers also just lowered. So if anybody joins those, you can get a weekly fat artist support group where we just talk about being fat. Art, making art and also uh you get the super spicy unfiltered tea episodes things that i will not say publicly yes. um i have yet to make one of those because no one subscribes so i guess you guys don't really want the tea <laughs> guess you don't want the tea yeah mm. so i'm not i'm not even allowing myself to think those things <laughs> <laughs> not even letting myself go there yeah exactly um <laughs> anyway anyway um i wanted to talk with you real quick before we start the episode since this is this has been a couple weeks since we recorded mm -hmm. um about what has been happening on the fat internet lately the fatternet can we call it that the fatternet that sure. seems like a very like early internet term that you would say fatternet <laughs> right i love that um so yeah what's up in the fativerse the fatternet the fatverse <laughs> fatverse okay um so to be completely honest with you, like, I have been taking kind of a break from social media. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't still look at some things. I've, I've been on Twitter. Mm. So, but, like, TikTok and Instagram, I've been, like, not on as much. Um, well, then I better fill you in. Yeah, you better fill me in. Yeah, okay. So, there's this um, girl. She has red hair. She's really pale. And... Her handle is just pearly things for. Oh. And uh, she has been on this podcast spouting just like misogyny. No, and also I know who you're talking phobia. about. Yeah, because it's been yep. going on for a couple weeks now. And mm -hmm. she, specifically, she said, oh, no one would ever love a 300 pound 
woman and mm, why are okay. we lying to people and telling them that they can still like have love or whatever she basically just was like making this argument for fat people being unlovable and she kept citing like 300 pounds and um she's like i'm not gonna tell anybody that they look good at 300 pounds and <laughs> then she, uh, people went off on her and the whole internet was like this is like not a classy take like this is really mm. just like punching down and like just mean and like why would you put this it all just on sounds, the internet it sounds jealous to be completely honest She's, i won't lie she has she talks in this way that sounds so like heated so yeah. we're all just kind of like what girl like what is your problem why do we live rent free in your brain no i'm i'm interested i'm like did a fat girl bully you did you lose a guy to a fat girl like what happened so we found out this week <gasps> no yeah. so she made a video saying that just lose weight there's no excuse for not losing weight i was over 200 pounds and i lost weight boom there oh. it is and the whole fat internet goes oh also okay her ex is fat but uh we all know this doesn't apply to fat men because right misogyny so <laughs> at least in right. her view obviously fat men still experience fat phobia but uh the way she's talking about it now i'm kind of sad because i'm like god damn she's just talking about herself like she's I just know. talking about how she felt about herself at that at that time mm -hmm. and i'm like oh boy like do i understand those like internal beliefs like i would never I would never say them out loud to right, other people. Right, but that's like what makes you a decent person and her not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just don't. Maybe just don't tell everyone yeah. your internal shit. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I feel like the people who are saying this stuff, they always have this attitude toward it where it's like, no, I'm speaking the truth and you all just want to silence me. And like, maybe it is what we're all thinking because it's what we've been fed. So like, I understand yes. why why they would say that. But it's also like, People can cite so many examples and you just don't believe them. Like someone exactly. can come on there and be like, here's a video of me with my partner. He makes six figures and I'm 300 pounds. And she'd be like, well, that's bullshit because like, and everyone will be in the comments being like, actually, he's, you're his beard. Or like, actually, like, right, he doesn't right. really love you. Or like, he's just insecure. Like, I don't even know what people come up with these days. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Anything to disprove because anything that goes against that worldview just like does not jive and just makes them angry. That is what I find it, it, with a lot of like online discourse about like anti-fatness. And if I try to like, you know, push against some things um, that people are like, no, this is just factual. It turns out not being factual because I can give them like, studies i can give them relevant weight science that's pretty new right and, like that does not interest them they're like mm -mm. oh you're fucking anti-science you know you're lying you know this isn't truth you know the truth you just are making excuses for that not being true and i'm like okay it kind of seems like you're stating a belief and not right. Right. a fact it becomes religious dogma i really think it does because yes. Um, you know, obviously they're presented with the science and they can't accept it. And I think what it goes back to is the idea that you can be deserving of love and you are in control of whether you can have love because mm -hmm. like, you know, fundamentally there are things you can do to make love more likely. I think that yeah. a lot of those things have to do with mindset because if somebody only likes you for your body, then that's kind of shallow. Right. But, I mean, there's nuance in there for sure. But anyway, like if you are wanting to find love there's no way you can guarantee it there's nothing uh -huh. you can do to like ensure that you will find 
a person who you like, who likes you, who respects you, who treats mm-hmm. you well, who makes six figures, whatever. Right, right. Um, if you want to actually feel like love and like, it just feels like people really want to believe that everything in life is linearly earned. And that's where so oh, much yeah. comes from. And that you can like control, you can, you have some sort of control over like yeah. the way your life ends up. And it's like, yeah, you have control over, I think your mindset. And that's about it like shit is gonna come at you no matter what and you cannot you cannot control the way that people are gonna react to you whether like no matter your fucking size um and that's something that i've had to grapple with is like someone who was that way like tried to keep myself as small as possible specifically in you know with the goal in mind of being treated better and i was like i can control the way i'm treated if i'm controlling my body size right but you can't control your happiness yeah and people still, people still, like, there there are still going to be shitty situations, no matter what size you are. Like, there's not, you can't stop people from being fucked up. You can't stop people from, like, levying their trauma onto you. You can't avoid it, unfortunately. I have seen way too many of my thin friends get fucked over to think that dating would be a picnic if I was yes. skinny. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And especially if, like, in terms of me dating like when i was thin if part of the attraction is predicated on your body um that adds a whole nother layer of stress and and shit to your relationship and to how you feel about it and yourself absolutely i i would never fucking do that again it was awful to like worry about gaining weight again because i would have to do something about it because mm-hmm. they didn't know they were getting themselves into a relationship with a fat person who like is suppressing their weight actively right and you know <laughs> honestly like i in terms of fetishization which we talk about a bit in this episode like the opposite worries me too because like mm-hmm. you get cancer you get some other condition you lose a ton of weight your partner who exclusively is attractive to fat people like yeah. do they saw the capability to be attracted to you like so there's that um yep. Can you win? You know what? Maybe we should stop trying to win at relationships and just build communes and villages. But for real. Anyway, thanks for chatting. If you guys have opinions on this TikTok, just pearly things, 300 pound, six figure partner gate, um, let me know. I love to discuss. And without further ado, let's bring on Megan. Uh, so welcome. We're so happy to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. Um, I'm so excited to get into what we're going to talk about today, which is a video that Megan made about how men cite these reasons that they like fat women. And we're going to get into all those reasons. But first, I want to hear a little bit more about you. So tell us, like, what's your basically journey with fat activism? Like, have you always been fat? How has that affected your life and your studies? So I have always been fat. Um, I sometimes go back and I look at like photos of me when I was a kid and I'm, and I'm like, oh, it's weird. My perception of how fat I was versus how other people perceived me drastically different. Um, but I just, 
I grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, in the depth of the worst forms of diet culture, doing every every diet I was supposed to with my mother, being just told constantly um, by people that there was something wrong with my body and that people weren't going to take me seriously um, because I was fat and that it was going to be a hindrance in my personal and professional life. So... It took a really long time and it wasn't until after my undergraduate years of college that I really started to unlearn that relationship with my body and start working towards a place of acceptance and understanding um, and rethinking how society treats our bodies and pushing people to start thinking critically about that as well. Yeah. And um, does your field of study have anything to do with, like, fat politics for you? It does sometimes. Uh, I, when I got my master's degree, the final paper that I wrote was a paper about mediated representation of fat bodies. I literally, like, I wrote my paper at the time that Ashley Graham covered Sports Illustrated, and it was just a whole ordeal. And so I was looking at that and the ideas of palatable fatness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I've gotten into my PhD, my focus is on how we communicate and talk about um, rape and sexual violence. And one of the aspects of that is the experience that fat women have with um, credibility and believability about sexual assault. Oh, that is amazing and probably at least tangentially relevant to the conversation that we're going to have today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what were some like media representations? I know you mentioned Ashley Graham or like anything you saw in the course of your life that's had a big impact on you in terms of fat representation? So I immediately think of two people slash characters. hmm um, positively, I think Joy Nash in Dietland was just phenomenal, and it really is this this interesting narrative about finding and reclaiming your body and what that looks like along the way, with also some of the hardships um, around people who are trying to prey on you, yeah, and the violence that you might experience and how and how you react to it. Um, and then the other one that is a negative fat representation that's not really fat representation is Gwyneth Paltrow and Shallow Hal. Yeah. Uh, if there was ever a film that told me that I had to be so much more than my body to get somebody to love me, it was that film. Yeah. it's And it's such a weird case because that movie really thought it was doing something good. And it yet re- you learned... <laughs> Like, you learn from that movie how hated fat people are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally had to get hypnotized in order to see her and had to think that she was a drop-dead gorgeous Gwyneth Paltrow in order to fall for her. Uh, Yeah, it's just so weird where it's like the movie's punishing him for being shallow, but at the same time, like, completely upholding everything in terms of beauty standards. It's such a bad one. So, final thing is, like, since you are, you know, a student and a teacher and studying communication. Do you have any ideas for how we can improve media and entertainment and tell better stories about fat people? So I have two thoughts. The first one, which is 
the feeling that I have about representation of marginalized bodies generally, which is I, the sign that we are making real progress in media is when we get to see people who happen to be something. So the character that happens to be fat or happens to be black or happens to be Muslim yeah. uh, happens to be this instead of narratives that are hyper-focused on that marginalization. And one of the ways that we're going to get there, which takes me to part two, is I want stories that are written by fat women or fat femme folk if we want to learn about their experiences in a way that is connected to how they understand the world and not how other people perceive, interpret, and filter their their world and their lives. Otherwise, we're stuck with a bunch of shallow Howl movies. And that's why sh- shows like Dietland, like My Mad Fat Diary, and like Shrill are the gold standard for me because they're all actually written and based on the experiences of fat women. They absolutely are. And highlight a deep place of struggle which is all three of those films are white fat women that's so true yeah Mm -hmm. and and that seems to be like hollywood's deep aversion to intersectionality like they'll only explore an issue where when it's the only issue being explored essentially yeah and i think one of my gold standards um because we literally don't think about it most of the time is the way that shonda rhimes wrote miranda bailey in gray's anatomy because she was a person who was freaking amazing and is, while on the smaller side of plus size, was always plus size or a fat body. But it was never a, a commentary in the experience of Miranda Bailey's character. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy and now I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's get into this this topic that we're here to discuss today. Um Will you, like, summarize the TikTok that you made and describe it so people know what the inspiration for this episode is? Absolutely. So I came across a video that was just one of dozens of videos that I see on my For You page, which is another heterosexual man talking about the reasons why he chooses to date larger-bodied women. And the reasons for it are that... They know where all of the best snacks are. They know they're the best restaurants. They give me this. They do that. I get to get this from them. And I, at a certain point, just had this moment of realization that was like, oh, I I don't hate that they love and talk about fat, fat women. I hate that their interpretation of their love and adoration of fat bodies And fat women is based on what they can take from them. Mm -hmm. And it is based on just applying this colonial mentality to relationships and to their appeal to marginalized bodies. And I was like, absolutely not. This is this is a problem. That's super interesting what you said about the colonial mentality because it is like, oh, this is undiscovered territory. You guys are sleeping on fat women. Like it didn't have the energy of someone who's like, check out this cool new thing I just found. (laughs) Right. As if there isn't a history in medieval Renaissance times in ancient 
Greece, like um, right. statues to fat bodies and adoration and this belief that fatness was the thing um, and signal of wealth and, and mm. beauty and a standard as if that doesn't exist for hundreds of years of history. And as if we're not having children getting married, doing whatever and keeping the fat gene going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to get into this by basically breaking it down thing by thing and going just like one layer underneath the this benefits me and talk about why this benefits him according to him. Does that make sense? Because so, it's like they all just come back to fat phobic stereotypes. They do. Like yeah, pretty much all of them. Let's do it. Here's what I'll do. I'll just like kind of name one of the reasons and then like either of you go ahead and chime in with like your thoughts on it. So the first one that you mentioned, I think, is that they have the best snacks and know the best restaurants. Uh. <laughs> this one's pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> it's not even it's not even subtle at all. It's just like fat people really like food. So right. And it's funny because like if you are a fat woman who's been fat for like any amount of time, you definitely have have or had a messed up relationship with food mm-hmm. because everyone's telling you that being fat's your fall and in order to fix it, you have to stop eating food. So, like, I literally have never known a fat person who doesn't have some history of dieting or disordered eating. Like, you think you're going to go out with a fat woman and she's going to be like, I know all the best foods to get. No, you're going to go out with a fat woman. And if she hasn't, like, healed her trauma, she's probably going to be scared to eat in front of you. Oh, my God. Yes. I So one of the very first TikTok videos that I made that was just me talking to people um, about my own experiences that ends up kind of going viral um, and it's like the only pinned video that I keep on my TikTok is me talking about that exact thing. I was like, I decided to start dating again and I was like, let's talk about my own internalized fat phobia. And let's talk about the fact that when I go out on dates at restaurants with people, I always leave food left on my plate. I always order a small amount of food because I don't want to be perceived as somebody who just engorges and eats too much food, even if I'm always just eating a relatively normal amount of food. Oh, my gosh. I I, um, completely relate. Like, I don't know. I don't think I've told the story on the podcast before, but this is the story of the first time I ate in front of my boyfriend. So when we started dating, I was doing a program at Williamstown Theater Festival. So I was living in a dorm and um, he would come up to visit me and we'd like hang out in my dorm, whatever. And the first few times he came up, I was really nervous. And so I I just couldn't eat because I was too nervous around him. But maybe by our third or fourth date, he's come up. And we're sitting in my dorm and we got really high. <laughs> this is Massachusetts. It was legal. <laughs> important, important qualification. And I got the munchies. And I had been like, I mean, you know, it's like falling in love jitters. Like you, it's hard to eat. It's hard to sleep. Like all that stuff was very much happening to me. Plus I was like um, coming out of a period where I just straight up couldn't afford food. So like I was like a little scared to start eating again which is also linked to my own disordered eating history and stuff. But anyway, um, I had not, I felt like I hadn't 
been wanting food for a long time and then I was so high and I got the munchies and I like needed food immediately and I had this huge Costco bag of dried mangoes and I was like hand me the dried mango like I was so hungry I was and you know you know how it is when you're really high and I was and and in addition to that I was like so hungry from like weeks of not eating enough and so he like gives me the mango and I'm just like ripping through it (laughs) And halfway through, I was I was like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed that you're watching me eat like this. This is terrible. Like, I was trying not to eat in front of you. You can tell I was pretty blazed. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's cute. Like, it's funny. <laughs> I was like, ashamedly just eating all of this dried mango. And that's the story. But then, um, for our next date, he, he bought me dried mango. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> That's a great story. I, I'm obsessed with Thank that you. story. My sad version um, of this story is the moment. So the person that I dated very briefly before my current relationship, um, I learned after we broke up that this man was a feeder. Oh. <gasps> And when I learned it, I went back and I realized a few things, which was one of the reasons that he was not as interested in me is I would not eat for this man. Like, I went to his house once and he was making tacos and I ate like a couple of tacos because I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. And then he kept trying to get me to eat more tacos And I was like, what is happening here? I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not hungry. And he was just like, I'm going to eat more, eat the tacos. And then I was just like, this has gotten a little weird. Okay. Mm. Um, And I just, at the time, was like, oh, this man's just like taco obsessed. And so I put him on my phone as taco boy. (laughs) 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 But then freaking like months later, he reached out to me after things had ended and he was talking to me and he just went on this whole diatribe about how um, he would only be happy in a relationship if he could force feed a woman so much, so much that she became like bedridden. And I was like, Oh Jesus, I dodged a bullet. That's just about controlling women. Right. So they can't move or fight back. That's a new one. Right. Right. I was like, that's a new one. And it, I was like, "I'm, sir, have you been watching too much of my 600-pound life? And did you, like, get confused and think that the men who just keep feeding women food are to be admired? I mean, literally, probably. That's probably what happened. That really just sounds like a new and unique way to, like, force your partner into submission. Yeah. Right. And make sure that you have a partner that you can control in in a lot of ways it's just that's weird uh yeah that's not surprising though like it makes sense that the goal of some of these kinks ends up being to have a woman who is so dependent on you and that brings me back to the reasons that men like dating fat women or say they do right because then i mean i think there is this idea i can't remember if the guy in the tiktok said it Um, outright but I think there's this idea that fat girls are more loyal because they have fewer options Mm -hmm. so there's the idea that like and I think we've all heard the stereotype of fat women being like insatiably horny because we can't get it so like we are so desperate for it and because we have big food appetites we have big sex appetites so weird (laughs) I just want to say I just want to pipe in and say that that is so weird to me 
that those two things are connected, but they always have been. Like even historically, it's literally Protestantism. Always like have it's the been. yes, like the and this is it's very much like how we have characterized black people historically as well. Yes, that they are not only insatiably hungry, but also insatiable sexually, and that's a thing right. that has like crossed over i mean if you if you think about it for more than five seconds a lot of stereotypes up around fat bodies are also applied to fat bodies or black bodies so it's like yes it just makes sense that historically they're connected and fearing the black body um basically like explains how these two are connected and have been since like the beginning of fat phobia yep because that was something that was assumed of fat black people especially if they had like bigger butts mm-hmm. and they were just sexualized oh. or bigger boobs yeah that's the what is yeah. it sarah bartum the hot and top venus sarah bartman yeah the the follow-up and a second book that's newer is belly of the beast which is the politics of anti-blackness mm. as anti-fatness um and that even takes us even deeper to think about fat black men's bodies and the complicated relationship that, that they have with how um, if you are in the slightest bit feminine as a black man and your body is fat, you is, is fat, you get sexualized and feminized instead yes. of hyper masculinized as the sports body. I love that book. A Strange Loop goes into that a lot as well, which is yeah. really fucking amazing that that's being talked about on Broadway right now. Right. What is it? The trope about sex is fat women give the best head because they know how to eat. And I'm just like, listen. Oh, it's because they know how to eat. I thought it was just because they were desperate to please. It's it's like desperate to please, but it's like she's going to eat your right. The way that she it's in her mouth. Yeah, I'm going to chop it down like (laughs) for real. I'm going to bite it off. Like, (laughs) (laughs) as you should. Yes. Oh, my God. Wait, this is so sad. Um, I'm terrified of giving good head in case the person tells the next person they're with, like, oh, yeah, the best head I ever got was from a fat girl. Fat girls give better head. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, I love how you're you're um, you're withholding your true power for the good of fat people. <laughs> You're like, I will not unleash my true potential. I will not. Okay, you are like the counterbalance of me though. <laughs> because Wait, not not from my boyfriend. I should say that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I for for years. So, um because of just like some crappy stuff that happened when I was really young, I was very anti-sex for a long time. I was also anti-sex and I remain slightly <laughs> that's another discussion i am way more pro-sex now um but but for years for years i was the i was the girl that was like oh you're trying to have sex how about i just give you a blowjob instead oh, oh no i was the kind of anti-sex where i was like i can't believe you think a blowjob's not sex that's a sexual act like i will never even do that i am pure <laughs> and guys i'm i'm not christian i'm actually from a religion that likes sex oh is, well in the in marriage they, yeah. but it's like godly <laughs> like literally in judaism if you have sex it like brings you closer to god oh. um and like i did not grow up in a sex negative community but i became sex negative somehow that's that's always wild <laughs> It was, but if I'm being honest, it was probably mostly, like, one, because I didn't relate to the ways that I saw, like, female desire portrayed, especially for fat women, Mm -hmm. of, like, it being very oriented towards, like, 
mm, yum abs like that was just not me still isn't yep and um so like I just thought that I was not a sexual being because I didn't like really want to have sex when I was like 14 um (laughs) or 18 (laughs) um maybe I'm not (laughs) only in specific (laughs) only in specific circumstances but it did have a lot to do with the stereotype of fat women being like super easy and like obsessed with sex and like super desirous. Like I was just kind of determined for that not to be me. And I really played up the ways in which that isn't me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I did the exact opposite, um, which was, well, for a period of time, I, I like covered myself up and I hid my body and so I was just like wearing oversized t-shirts and like men's basketball shorts and clothing that just like was swimming on me and that was for big chunks of high school middle school um and that has a lot to do with the way in which I responded to trauma that I experienced but then by the time I Mm -hmm. hit college I I did like a freaking 180 and I was like how about I just hypersexualize the shit out of myself and I will make myself a sexual being because I don't want to be in a relationship I just want to be a fuck boy because if people are going to treat me like shit I'm just going to cycle through them and not have feelings and suppress all of my feelings and just lean in lean in and lean in <laughs> <laughs> the book that Cheryl Sandberg yeah. wrote about casual sex yeah wait is that not what lean in means <laughs> <laughs> hey women lean in lean in oh my god yeah. <laughs> lean in to suck the dick <laughs> and then around like what 27 28 i went to therapy and <laughs> my therapist was like mm, maybe maybe not maybe mm. maybe we try working on making yourself a little bit more emotionally vulnerable and i was like oh, mm, that sounds like a terrible idea um, <laughs> but now three years later i'm like oh okay i guess this was a pretty good idea mm. fair fair back to our list of reasons that men say they like fat women <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> What else is on there? Oh, they're better at cuddling. They're more cuddly oh, or something. Yeah. So it's basically the they're obsessed with our tummies and like the softness of us thing. Uh, uh-huh. Right. That that little mm. bit. And I'm just like, oh, thank you for turning me into an object. Yeah. Um. That is another thing where it's like if you are with a fat person, she's probably insecure about her body and maybe doesn't want you to focus so much on it. No, for I mean, real. it's. Depends on the person, but we're not really just going to be grateful. Like, it took me two years before I would let my boyfriend touch my stomach, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, for real. Like, I, I dated um, a man for four years, and still, any time he would, like, reach to touch my stomach, it was like a reflex. Like, I just whapped the shit out of him. Um, oh, my God. I would just move his hand up to my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He would have to, like, I would specifically tell him to, like, hold me up here, like, on my chest area. Mm-hmm. Like, not my boobs, but, like, my clavicles. <laughs> um, just because I wasn't, I just wasn't comfortable with anything lower than that. Especially not, like, the above, above the pubic area. Like, that, like, yeah. part of me is just, like, no thanks. Right. That's always been the fattest part of me and the thing I'm most insecure about. So mm-hmm. I had um, a moment of realization, I th- like a couple of years ago, really, where I, for, 
for whatever reason, academic, personal interest reasons, just started, like, analyzing the sex or romance scenes in a bunch of films. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, what a bunch of how it happened in porn. And something that I noticed is heterosexual men really like stomachs. Like, whether you are a thin or a fat body, they really enjoy that stomach area. And so I mm. that really helped me in the pro- in this process of understanding that of course, right? Like if men enjoy touching and appreciating that part of their body, why shouldn't I also allow someone that I care about and trust to enjoy and appreciate that part of my body because it I want them to to love and enjoy all of me. And so it has been a little bit of a of a tough road because the person that I'm currently dating, like he he likes to to touch my stomach, mm. um, and it's not in a weird way. And we've yeah. had com- like, and we had conversations about that. And I it took me a bit to write to really feel good and comfortable about it. But he treated it the way that he would treat any other part of my body. And so it was just, I want to be able to appreciate and enjoy all of you, which for me is the really big difference um, when it comes to the way in which random man on the internet describes his adoration of fat bodies and the way in which I have a relationship with another person who loves my body, which is, it's about loving and appreciating your partner for all that they are and not about treating a body as if it is a thing that must exist in a particular way for you to enjoy it. Otherwise, what makes man who loves fat bodies any different than misogynistic man who would leave his wife if she gained weight? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is such a difficult to describe line, but it's so clear because it's respect. Um, and it's seeing you as a body part versus with a person in a who has a body. That's that is what I was gonna say. Is that the way that he said that? Ma- just like it creates this image in my head of a headless body, um, right? In like a Renaissance painting, like a fat body but with no head, um, and just like this kind of idealized, very soft version of a person. Get a body pillow, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sorry continue (laughs) um for me personally like there there are definitely like inartistic depictions of fat bodies like i love i love all of those usually um but like as someone who has like skin condition things like my body is not smooth and, and i've i've always felt like my body is not like the good kind of fat like it's not soft yeah you know um Mm -hmm. in ways so there again it just feels it feels like a little bit dehumanizing to specify like softness of the body especially because it has a feminine connotation too Mm -hmm. and so as someone who has pcos and a lot of body hair yeah that has always made me kind of insecure too because like i have hairs on my stomach yes and that is like very very difficult to come to terms with (laughs) when every desirable depiction of a fat woman is seen as hairless and it's like their desirability is con- 
contingent on seeming as soft, as feminine, mm-hmm. as almost almost cherubic. Or I was like, literally right. about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is interesting. I like never. I never thought of the softness as a feminine connotation, but yeah, obviously. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, I would like if men were soft, but yes. I feel like that's not an ideal for them as much. I love a soft, hairless man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Listen, I take, I'll take a, whatever form your body comes to me is the form that I will yeah. accept it. And that is what is most important to me, right? Which is mm-hmm. the gold standard for me is I want to feel confident and believe that you will love me and appreciate my body in all of the forms that it may come in because it could get smaller, get bigger, stay the same, experience some freaking horrible trauma and life, like freak accident. Yeah. So if you turn me into an object that is just about my tummy or some other mm-hmm. part of my body, what happens if that is gone? I It's a yeah. similar experience that I think um, women who go through breast cancer experience, right? If they have to ha- yeah. like have their breasts removed mm-hmm. and the thing that their partner loved about them was their breasts. Like, what... Right. Yeah. I think there's a similar thing with pregnancy, too, because yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. will you lose the baby weight? What consequences will you have? Will there be tearing? Will your body be the same? What will change about you? And, yeah. like, crazy things change about people. Like, my mom's feet grew when she was pregnant yeah. mm-hmm. um, and never went back to the size they were before or they just are now, now that she's going through menopause. Like, there's so many physical changes that can happen to your body. For real. Bodies are crazy. You have to love a person, not a body. Right. And so much of those concerns are rooted in fat phobia. And yeah. Right. So to think that just because you have now said the the thing that I desire is fat does not mean mm-hmm. that it is not still rooted in fat phobia. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like the equal and opposite idea. So like I'm sure you guys have heard the idea that it's like a lot of feminism was like just women trying to adopt stereotypically masculine qualities Mm -hmm. and calling that feminist. So it's like the same thing. And I see this a lot in fat positivity, like in the early stages where it's like, Oh, those skinny bitches, they don't like, they don't enjoy life because they're not eating food like us. They don't like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) they're just skin and bones. Like, do we have to put somebody down to lift somebody up? No. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else was on what else is on this list? What else is on this list? I'm trying to think. Did we talk about the loyal idea? A little bit. Well, let's get into it cuz I think um I think it's it's very telling. So the loyal thing is a weird one for two reasons. One is I don't know why our bodies determine whether or not we are loyal because people can do whatever they want to do and bad people are going to be bad people regardless but two if we think about probably the worst perpetrator of these fat admiration videos on tiktok which is robbie Tripp, that man is married have you seen his comment sections of just flocks of fat women trying to tell him that they want him 
And I'm just like, first of all, loyalty extends both to respecting other people's relationships as well as having respect and appreciation for your own relationships. But two, what, what about the, a body makes somebody loyal? What, is lo- what does loyalty mean? I mean, I think it's very obvious. And the idea is that fat women have fewer options. And so they'll be more loyal to you. And within that loyalty, it means you can treat them however you want. And um, I think that is something that I have definitely grown up seeing in a lot of ways. I think also the loyalty piece goes back into how often the only place we see fat women in media or on stage is as mothers and wives. People who've already got their one relationship and won't stray from it. Mm-hmm. And usually they're sort of desexualized in a way. And it's like them and their husband. And they're just like, you know, often it'll be like a black woman who's like mammified. Or it'll be this like sweet old lady type. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they're just harmless and unsexual. <laughs> and so therefore we view them as loyal because we only see them in these monogamous relationships. Yes. I cannot help but notice that I feel like so many of these ideas about what supposedly make fat women better partners are literally just from watching movies and TV. I'm like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I question that these people have even had like experiences with more than one or two fat women because there are so many of these stereotypes, like the fact that like women, fat women know the good food and have the good snacks like that is certainly in the bedroom. that's all very much like yes that's pretty well portrayed in um in media generally um yeah. and i i just feel like people get a lot of their ideas about what how their partner is going to be from that it's like are you dating a fat person or a fat trope yes so the interesting other part to this which is something that i it's really very anecdotal to my own experience, which is, so you've got this idea that fat women are more loyal, but also something that I have noticed is a lot of the men who are talking about adoration and admiration for fat women um, are describing themselves as polyamorous or ethically non-monogamous. And I... And I'm just like, this is such a very interesting interaction. And this is... And I am saying this coming from a place that's like I am in a non-monogamous relationship with somebody. Uh, and that is something that I have chosen, he has chosen, and we explore together and we have balances and negotiations about what that looks like, right? Uh, but also in the depths of Megan's, uh, I call it my fuck girl phase mm-hmm. of my 20s, <laughs> I, it was just like, cycle after cycle after cycle of men who either say that they're in non-monogamous relationships or just cheat on their partners um, Mm. and would write and try to cheat on their partners with me. And I I see it and I'm just like, it's weird to think that you want loyalty, but you are not a loyal person. Yes. Yep, they expect loyalty from their partners, or ideally they could get loyalty from a bunch of different partners. They want a harem. <laughs> but then they don't have to do <laughs> literally that. Right. They want sister wives. I don't even know. They do. That's that's yeah. that's the tea. <laughs> they want sister wives. And I think that goes back to the like notch on your belt idea of like getting a bunch of different women, and I think a lot of them think it'll be easier to do that with fat women. Or they think that they will get more attention 
from fat women in the content that they're creating, right? So yeah. when when I see a lot of this content, what I am seeing are men who are dealing with their own insecurities and addictions to attention. And I can tell the difference between them kind of creating content because they desire creating content and they enjoy it, and them creating content because they are seeking attention and positive affirmation from somebody and they have figured out that fat women are going to give that to them yeah Mm. and all they have to do is say they like fat women to get it right and it's tough because i understand why these women are drawn to a lot of this content Mm -hmm. right fat fat women have been cast outside of desirability and they've been told that there is something inherently wrong with their bodies And so when they see a video of somebody telling them that their body is okay, they're going to be drawn to it and they're going to see it as some form of empowerment, regardless of what is actually being said. And it creates this space and possibility for those men to then prey on these women and confuse their desire with advocacy or them being advocates for fat bodies which Mm. is not the case because if what you were doing was advocacy your desirability would not be a question your desire for fat women would not and should not be the reason that you believe in support the liberation of fat bodies yes that Mm -hmm. is so well said Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that is totally hit the nail on the head But you know what's so funny, too, is that I find that sometimes men who are attracted to fat women or even just fat people who are attracted to other fat people do make great allies. It just depends if they are like what lens they are seeing the fat people through and how much have they unpacked their own internalized fat phobia. Like we have a really great episode on this podcast about this um, with Ross Wade, if anyone hasn't listened and wants to listen. Um, And it's really interesting to me. I think there also may be a piece where if you've unpacked your fat phobia, you're more likely to cop to desire for fat people. You're more likely to be honest with yourself about it and to, you know, not hide behind other things yeah absolutely but what i constantly see and what becomes very frustrating to me is even the men who aren't hyper focused on their desire for fat women are looking for some type of praise yes i i had a conflict with a now formal former mutual of mine a while ago because he got upset when he reposted or duetted um, an artist's content and that artist did not appreciate his sharing or the way in which he spoke about her art and he just got hung up on this idea that it's good PR. He's like, it's good PR. It's good marketing. I, my video got more views than hers and I don't understand how she could then be mad, upset, or bothered by it. And even in my explanation, that's like, sometimes when men repost the the content of fat women, what it does is it sends negative interactions towards us or the way in which you frame it can have a negative impact on us Mm -hmm. and it might not be the kind of engagement and desire that we are looking for and so you don't 
if the reason that you are engaging in supporting fat bodies or fat women is because you are looking for praise for doing so, you're in it for the wrong reasons. And if you're not willing to hear criticism from those fat people when they don't appreciate the way in which you have performed your allyship, then you're not being a good ally. I think this brings us right back to Robbie Tripp, too, because I remember that first article in BuzzFeed a million years ago. That was like, this guy loves his curvy wife, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) And it circulated. I I remember reading whatever BuzzFeed picked it up. Like, I remember reading the BuzzFeed article and seeing it shared widely and everybody in the comments being like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) This guy loves his wife's ass. Right. And it was like totally in like body positivity. Can you believe times? Like, it was like probably like 2013, 2014. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But I remember like the this shitstorm on the internet that was like not a shitstorm it was like a confetti storm because everyone was like this is amazing <laughs> was that was that an intentional pun which a confetti storm because his wife is sassy confetti on instagram oh my god wait <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that was not an intentional pun he <laughs> Hold on, I have to look her up now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, also, side if, if no one has noticed yet, she is a very small, fat body. Wait, I think mm-hmm. Sassy Confetti is one of the swipe back girls who is single. Oh, damn it. You're right. Wait, what is his wife? Because Robbie Tripp's wife is a fashion influencer. Okay, I need to, like, see this woman. She's Sassy Red Lipstick. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> I knew there was a... That's why I, that's why I messed it up. It's She's Sassy Red that Lipstick. That makes sense. Sassy red lipstick. Anyway, she's hot. Like, she's a conventionally attractive woman. Oh, yeah, she's with an hot. an hourglass figure who is, like, midsize, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But that was progressive in 2014 or whenever this came out where we only saw super skinny people ever being able to be loved. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, yes. I was, I thought, I think I thought it was a good thing, too, but it also made me kind of uncomfortable how many people sent the article to me. <laughs> good lord <sighs> people love people love to be like there's hope <laughs> yes but the way he talks about fat people is just so dehumanizing and so so like what can I get from this what can I take for this oh yeah support these women because they make my dick hard like we're not supporting those women then we're supporting your dick ew yes. <laughs> like just make an OnlyFans babe Yeah. But the thing that I think is so telling is if the only content that they are producing is content talking about fat women or fat bodies, then they, A, just don't have any originality to their personality and I'm just not interested. But B, it's telling that they are trying to capitalize on a marginalized group. Mm Mm-hmm. And that becomes perhaps the biggest difference for me is if you are only talking about fat women and you don't have anything else interesting going on or you find yourself always cycling back to fat women because you don't get engagement on the other content that you are creating, then you're doing it for yourself and you're not doing it for them. True. Let's talk about the women who really fall for this and leave thirsty comments on Robbie Tripp videos. 
And you know what? Maybe some of them are listening to this podcast right now. So I, I want to say, like, I get where it comes from, Queens. Like, I've been there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%, right? That's the, the point that I was making earlier, right, is it makes total sense. If you are told constantly that your body is wrong, then it makes complete sense that you're going to turn to and hope that other people telling you that they love your body is going to make you feel better about it. And it's yeah. going to be a part a part of that process. And the struggle that I have with it is I think that is true at an interpersonal level, right? Allowing another person to appreciate your body is an important part of healing your relationship with your body. Yeah. But a person talking about their admiration of fat bodies on the internet does not feel like the same thing to me. Yeah, because it's so much more likely for them to have something to gain from it. Whereas in person, I mean, maybe they have sex to gain, but beyond that, it's not like they could gain clout, a platform, a fucking record deal, like, you know? Yeah. And I think the interpersonal distinction is really useful because just a lot of things are different off of social media. Yeah, it really is. And it's weird to me because what we are admiring is like... The pornification of our bodies. The pornification. Okay, so when we first sat down to record this episode, right before we hit record, I said, Meg, are there any words for fat that you hate that I should make sure not to use to describe you? And Megan goes, BBW is the only one I hate. And I was like, okay, well, we have to talk about porn now. So here we we have arrived at the porn part of the episode. We made it. We... So, yeah, let's talk about the term BBW and how do you guys think that the BBW category of porn impacts how men see fat women and the ways in which they're attracted to us? Immensely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how much porn surfing people do. I've done my fair share um, and I have a hard time with, with a few exceptions. I have a hard time with the BBW porn categories on a lot of websites. And one of the reasons for it is because the titles of a lot of these films uh, include weird kind of fat, shamey terminology. I'm literally going to look some up right now. <laughs> like, I have me. never searched BBW porn. I haven't either. I yeah, don't I think either. I can handle it. I don't think I emotionally yeah. can handle it. I think it would break me. Okay, there is... There is some very interesting stuff. So there is a porn star. I think her name is April Flores. She is in the the swath that is weird, like fat porn. She is one of my favorites because she does a, a lot of interesting and it's a bit more sensual and it's a bit more like normative porn Mm -hmm. but she is a fat body uh and so those are the things that i love but so much of the like bbw porn category especially on like you porn or pornhub or whatever it's just like shitty low quality porn of people being shitheads maya what have you found i'm sorry this is just funny there's there's a there's one (laughs) where someone's just like you know making an o face in the thing in the thumbnail and it's uh-huh. just called Into the Woods We Go. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Well, they have to get the hair as pure as corn, the slipper as red as blood. And- <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's- <laughs> Into 
Kenapa. Um, I will say I'm interested in the term pog as well. Oh, fat ass white girls. Fat ass white girls. Yes. P a w g s. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, with fat with a P. I yeah. see. Fat with a P, the one that people use when they're trying to be respectful. Right. Right. <laughs> Are like other races besides white girls a specific BBW porn category? Well, there's definitely. I will say that there's definitely like fat ass Latina like thing. Like that's yeah. for sure a thing. But that's its own like kind of odd space around porn, which is. Porn is also a space where this amplification of, like, white women's obsession with black men mm-hmm. is is just shot through the roof, right? So yeah. I think there's a category of, it's called blacked, which is just, like, hung black men fucking thin white women most <gasps> of the time. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And, but it's just, like, white women fetishizing black men's bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. That goes back to the hypersexual stereotype and bigger dicks and yeah. all those things. Mm-hmm. But BBW porn has its own just like weird space for it because it's it's people. It's low. A lot of it is low quality porn. A lot of it is questionable engagement. A lot of it is titles that are fat phobic as shit. And then the, and then it is uh, feeder porn. Which is so telling about how fat people are seen, where it's like, even if you're not into feeder porn, it's going to come up if you search for fat people in porn. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, we can't even conceive of fat people without linking food. And like, that itself is kind of fat phobic. Yeah. And there are, there are always exceptions to the rule, right? There, Mm -hmm. of course, there are going to be some, some good, high quality, interesting porn Right. I think that most of the stuff that like so April April Flores is the porn star that I was mentioning who is like one one porn awards for her body representation in pornography. Oh, that's amazing. And so she does really beautiful, beautiful pornography. So there is some good stuff out there, but I I'm probably wrong when I say this, but I don't know that outside of like BBW tags, I don't know that a lot of the stuff that she does is coded as or titled as BBW da 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 da. Mm-hmm. I'm probably wrong about that, so don't take me for don't take my word as law. I just found like a pretty like I think standard fat phobic title. Um can I cuss? <laughs> we cussed on we, here. I I literally have said every cuss okay, under the okay. sun in this okay. episode. I think I have as well, but same. So <laughs> this is a video called Cock Hungry BBW Gets Her Meaty Pussy Fucked. <laughs> and there you have the reason I was sex negative. Literally, I'm like, the uh, food? Come on, please. <laughs> yeah, meaty. God, the- I was a vegetarian for 10 years because of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, that's it. I'm no. fucking done. I'm so glad that April Flores and other other good stuff is out there in terms of fat representation and porn. Um, but I just worry that, like, what's coming up first? You know what I mean? Right. And what are men seeing? And, like, just what's easily accessible, what's out there, and what are men searching for? What do they want? Because how much of 
an interest in fat women for how many men who claim to have that is it really about some kind of loyalty and submissiveness because she doesn't have any other options the like supply and demand thing how much of it is about feeding her so much that she can't move on her own and she needs Mm. you like you know yeah oh god that's just so sad the like (laughs) so she'll need you thing like that's really go to therapy yeah (laughs) well i mean i think that goes back to like the crisis of masculinity thing where it's like they don't feel like they're using fat women essentially to make them feel more masculine even though all there also are a lot of men who feel emasculated by the idea of being with a fat woman so Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it is really important in it and the piece that I would like just hearken down on is we constantly and a lot of the men who are talking about fat women on the internet are using as justification for it the fact that BBW is one of the most popular porn categories that gets searched right and so they're like of course and so now we have to think critically a little bit about that Mm -hmm. be like but why is it one of the most popular search terms what is happening and how is that representation occurring and what is the porn that they are watching because that tells you a little bit more about how they are going to desire and think about those bodies and the people who occupy them yeah that 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 idea of it being a popular search term that blows my mind because yeah i feel that there there are like so many men like maybe the vast majority who just will not who if you say would you date a fat girl they'll be like no (laughs) what and it's like are they all hiding it or is something else at play like people like people can just find on the homepage what they want if they're not specifically looking for a fat woman like what what is the deal no for real have either of you seen the videos of the guy who walks around and he asks women if they would date him if yes, he yes. was thin or if he lost weight yeah and they're all like i date you now oh my god i'm so tempted to make a version of that where i'm like would you date me if i was skinny they'd probably all be like yeah go get skinny and come back <laughs> right or they'd be like well you used to be fat so how do i know you won't get fat again <laughs> Right. No, I don't trust you. <laughs> Which is what the Love is Blind girl was so insecure about. Oh my god, <sighs> yes. Is it Deep D? No. No. Or no. Oh, Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Natalie. Sorry. Natalie was the crazy Could, one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Nat- Natalie. Sorry. But, so, because Deep D was the one who lost a bunch of weight, the, the Indian yes, girl. Yes, yes. They both did. Yeah. But they Natalie did. was the one who was like, I'm so scared of gaining it all back. Right. And he'll never love me again if I, I do. Cringing. So I don't want to tell him that I used to be fat because then he'll think I'll get fat again. I, I yeah. cringed so hard. I, and I also just feel bad. I, I feel bad for those people because I feel like I I like know what that feels like. I was like a person who had achieved being thin for like a while. And I understand. Yeah. I understand the mortal terror. But like it's not worth it. It's so not worth it. Can I ask you also, Maya, as a queer non-binary person, how does this show up for you? Um, Yeah, so a lot of this still affects me because in most cases I am perceived as a woman. Um, And so I I have had some, like, different issues with being feminized and feminizing myself, like, in tandem with what size I am at the time. Um, and I found that a lot of my like 
gender stuff was kind of wrapped up in my weight and how I felt about my weight. Um, Cause I like, I was fat as a like little kid. And then I, you know, like went on, I went on a little, I went on a little fun diet when I was eight years old and I like lost enough weight for people to deem me thin and developed an eating disorder. And of course only got like positive reinforcement from that. And then I gained a lot of the weight back when I recovered. And then I went on another diet and I did the same thing. Um, and just got a lot of positive reinforcement for like disordered stuff. And during the times when I was thinner, I like really overly feminized myself, um, which is weird because I have talked to other people who have said that like when they're fatter, they tend to feminize themselves more. Um, But for me, it was a, a being thin was largely about being a woman for me. So when I kind of started unpacking my own stuff, that was when I kind of was like, Oh, like, I'm not a woman, I don't think. Um, And, you know, once I gave up on being thin, that was like the only, that was the only tie I had to womanhood, really. That's so interesting. Which is wild. Um, Yeah. And so since I've had that experience of kind of being perceived as thin and being perceived as like chubby, like some people, people call me fat behind my back, but I'm like in that. I'm in that small fat category with like a pretty even distribution of weight throughout my body. So like some people would call me fat, especially in like performance spaces. Yes. But then some people would be like, oh, you're just like chubby or you're like salvageably fat. Like if you lose some weight, then I won't think you're fat anymore. Um, so having that experience I have already noticed the insane difference in how specifically men treat me as someone they perceive to be a woman. Oh, Lord. Like, and it destroyed me for a while. Um, Back when I was super interested in male validation. Yeah. um, Getting, you know, getting attention from men, um, having them make eye contact with you. Whoa. Um, Yeah. And I certainly have noticed that, like, at over a certain weight, um, they stop looking at you. Yeah. Even when they talk to you uh, in terms of, like, my interactions with men, which kind of, like, to me, it kind of indicates the, like, lack of personhood. Like, that they they don't really see fat people as, like, full people. Um, yeah. And I think that maybe some of those people do have, like, a liking for fat bodies. But, like, when you are around a person who is fat or fatter, it is, like, you're not interested in getting to know them in any way. I think it's also probably feels to them imperative for their social standing that the fat person can't see that they do have that if they do have that proclivity mm-hmm. because I think like I relate to this in a way of being like a fat kid with a crush I would have done anything to keep people from finding out yes. and I did do some probably pretty fucked up crazy shit like in college um I told my f- friend 
I, I made like an offhand comment where I was like, oh my God, I'm like in love with her. She's so cool. And my friend was like, oh, for real? I was like, no. I don't know, maybe. And she was like, oh, well, I'm going to text her a picture of us. I was like, don't you fucking dare. No. And I threw her phone across the room. Ah! So <laughs> I feel that. I feel that because it's, it is, I remember specifically when I was younger, younger, like in elementary school or so, like, oh my God. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, I don't like anyone. I have never liked a person in my life. Shut up. No. Yeah, me too. Because you have to be. It's survival. Yeah. I remember it. I was the transition between sixth grade and seventh grade for me was the moment that I realized that I don't get to have a crush, essentially. Yeah. Because when I was in the sixth grade, I adored this boy named Aaron and we had a bunch of classes together and he was super nice to me and I was like certain that he liked me back at the time and and it was just like funny and silly and whatever and then in the transition into seventh grade he started dating this girl uh and her and her friend group started messaging me and leaving comments on my posts on Zanga. If anybody remembers Zanga. <laughs> but this group of girls started her it was like the first experience of online bullying, which is they started harassing me because I they were convinced that I liked this girl's boyfriend. And I did before, right? But in what world was I ever going to act on it? And they just started bullying the crap out of me for thinking that a boy could ever like me. So then anytime that somebody asked me out, I was certain and I was convinced that they were asking me out as a joke or as a prank. Mm -hmm. And so I always said no, because I was always going to be the person who rejected you. Because I was not going to let myself be the butt of somebody else's joke. Me too. And that's based on my TikTok comments. That's an experience that most fat people have. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just depends how quickly you learn not to open yourself up like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I learned really quickly, really quickly. And so it's way harder to unlearn when if if someone actually does like you and want to date you. <laughs> Yo. So. That's. Ugh. This is like, I need, I need help with this. So anyone. I, I also need help. <laughs> yeah. I just, because I, um, anytime that I have been like my, my natural body type, um, I have simply turned off like, like my radar for romance, my crushes, they just, turn off like I just don't I literally don't have them anymore I assume as like some sort of coping thing and now I like I like want to learn how to like still have crushes on people and like you know want to date people but I've only ever had those feelings when I've been thin which is crazy yeah that's wild I had sort of uh, an opposite experience well I've never been thin But every time I caught myself having romantic feelings, and I don't think I'm that, like, super sexual of a person. So I don't 
really super have like I want to fuck that person that strongly until I like <laughs> know them real well um but I would have like romantic feelings for people and I would like literally beat myself up about it like I would I would like I wanted to like flog myself to get it out of my system and like teach myself not never to act on it and the only way I could ever admit crushes to myself was if I knew there was no chance of anything happening and there was no chance of me ever telling anyone about it and in fact I only admitted them to myself so I could accept them and let them go Hmm. and I am I think I might write another one woman show about this (laughs) (laughs) yes it's time listen I will I will say sometimes that comes back to bite you in the ass yeah uh so i i think that this is one place interestingly enough where the world of online dating has been very beneficial for me Mm -hmm. which is it is so much easier for me to start that practice and it was to kind of start that practice when i was focused on strangers Mm. and it helped me kind of understand what my identity as a sexual being was and go through trial and error because if you rejected me, you were a stranger that I never had to see again. Yeah. Um, and that then unfolded into the hardest experience that I learned while I was in grad school, which is I built a really strong friendship and relationship with a guy who is in my grad program with me. And when we first met, he was very, very deep into a relationship. So it was it was a very like casual, nice work crush that developed um, that what that all of the boundaries were set there and established. And I was like, this it's totally fine because nothing would, could, should ever happen. And I would never act on it because our friendship is really important to me. Um, but I had my crush and it, and it wasn't until partway into our grad program when um, it's his relationship had ended. And I was, in this weird place where all of my friends who were in the grad program with me were like, wait, you and he aren't dating? Like, you all aren't a thing? Like, the way in which y'all interact with each other gave everyone the understanding that you two like each other. And I was like, oh, interesting. Weird. And so that kind of gave me, in a sense, this green light of comfort to move forward mm. and, and express my my crush express my interest towards this person um and then that interest was mutual but then we hooked up and then it fell apart uh but for no other reason than it was just like he was not in a place for for the kind of relationship that he and i would have had and he had other things that were going on in his life and and It took me a really long time because my really hard part with rejection is making rejection about me and thinking that there is just something like utterly wrong with me and not understanding that sometimes it is me, right? Sometimes they're just not that into you, as the movie says. But sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And you have to find a little bit of comfort with it being in discomfort 
in being uncomfortable, in knowing that you're going to survive if somebody rejects you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you guys so much for coming on this episode. This was like genuinely healing for me to have discussions about all this stuff. Um, and I just appreciate both of you so much and your incredible minds. So anything to plug or to share or uh, to tell people where to find you on social media? I am at Megs for Fun on TikTok and Instagram. So feel free to come follow me, uh, hang out, live our best life. I am a shit show, but <laughs> I'm, a shit sh- I'm a shit show who's sometimes fashionable. So like, it's a good time. Mm, definitely fashionable. <laughs> I look at you in your very cute sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love this sweater. So this sweater is from the brand Shiny by Nature, um, which is so this person, Alex, who's in New York, gets a small business. Um, and it's, so I was like, oh, I'm going to wear my small, like, business-owned sweater. Oh, my I'm God. I know what door. business that is. Yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh. And lo and behold, we plugged it. Yes. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Maya, where can people find you? So, hello. I am on most things as Maita Gordita underscore. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh. I loved talking about this. Um, and Megan, you are so smart. I can't. I can't. I love talking to people oh, who, are like, who are like educated and like doing higher education. It's like a dream for me to be in higher education. But unfortunately, I'm a performer and I'm like, well, I don't really need any more college education to do what I want to do unfortunately I might I might come oh, up with I'm an excuse I'm fully in the but... same boat but I'm gonna probably get it anyway just for fun <laughs> yeah just um, for fun I, literally sitting down in this video call I'm like so how do you want us to introduce you Megan's like oh yeah so um I'm I am a PD- PhD candidate I was like that makes so much fucking sense because you're obviously brilliant from your social media <laughs> But God, you were the perfect person to talk about this with, obviously, because this whole episode was inspired by your TikTok. But um, thank you again. It's been wonderful. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to More Than Tracy Turnblad. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash more than Tracy T, where you'll find bonus episodes, blog posts, and essays by me and more special content. You can find us on social media at more than Tracy T. And for more information, head to more than Tracy Turnblad.com. Yeah.